Hello, and welcome to episode 7, part 3 of the Quiet Mark podcast. I'm your host, Simon Gosling, CMO at Quiet Mark, the independent international approval award program associated with the UK Noise Abatement Society Charitable Foundation. It encourages companies worldwide to prioritise noise reduction within the design of everyday machines and appliances and find solutions to noise problems to benefit health and well-being. In our previous episode, episode 6, with Wade Bray, Vice President of Head Acoustics Incorporated, whilst talking about improving the acoustics of a space without compromising on the visual aesthetics, Wade said, There are ways to, at the outset, much more easily than later, but even later, to do things to get absorption out of sight or insight in ways that don't look out of tune with the architectural idea. So you can have your cake and eat it too with modern materials, techniques, and appropriate consulting. So that these wonderful ideas in the modern restaurant in terms of architecture, which definitely should be encouraged to continue, need to be able to succeed and and occur, but not have these unintended acoustical consequences. So in this episode, I wanted to focus on the part where Wade says you can have your cake and eat it with modern techniques and appropriate consulting. Back in mid-February, just before lockdown, QuietMark launched its Acoustics Academy, a brand new, free-to-use online platform to further equip and empower architects, builders and designers with a guide to expertly verified leading acoustic solutions for every building application area. Since launching in 2011, QuietMark's team of expert acousticians have rigorously acoustically tested thousands of appliances from world-leading brands and manufacturers. Only the quietest ones, of course, become QuietMark certified. Using fridges and fridge freezers as an example, we've assessed hundreds over the years, and they've ranged from 50 decibels at the loud end to about 34 decibels at the quieter end. And whilst that difference of 16 decibels might not seem like a lot, you'd be surprised at how big a difference it can actually make. Due to the way that decibels are calculated with a logarithmic scale, if you decided to buy a 50 decibel appliance over the quieter 34 decibel version, this would sound three and a half times louder. With the launch of our Acoustics Academy, in addition to certifying the appliances which go inside our homes and the spaces that we live and work in, we now also certify the acoustic products which go into the very fabric of the building, such as the walls, floors, doors, ceilings, vents and windows. So in this episode, which comes in three parts, we thought we'd share with you some conversations which I've recorded with representatives from some of the companies whose acoustic products have been QuietMark certified and feature in the Acoustics Academy. I also share a conversation with an architect who looked to such certified acoustic products to provide a much-needed solution in a domestic home that they were building. Parts 1 and 2 were recorded immediately following the Acoustics Academy launch at the Business Design Centre in February and feature Martin Rawlins, Head of UK and Australia Sales at Baswa Acoustic, and Nigel Sill, Chairman of Enfield Speciality Doors. Whilst Part 3, like many of our previous episodes, was recorded via video conference with Oliver Brooks, an architect at BB&C Architects Limited, who was introduced to me by Daniel Nevitt, Marketing Director at Armacote Limited. You're listening to a cut-down version, which just features Part 3. Parts 1 and 2 of the longer version of Episode 7 can be found by searching for The Quiet Mark Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other major podcast apps. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest, Oliver Brooks from BB&C Architects. Oliver Brooks is a keen architect who has and continues to work on many prominent projects in the heart of Cambridge. When he's not designing, he can be found working on his family home or tinkering away in his workshop on yet another design project. For a short period, Oliver worked in London on high-rise accommodation projects for Broadway Malian Architects. However, he moved to BB&C in 2015 to work for a smaller company and to be closer to home. Since being there, 
He has completed two boathouse projects for both Gonville and Caius and Christ Colleges, and in addition to this, he has worked closely with clients to redevelop a large 1930s student hostel and building of local interest into a stunning contemporary family home. Currently, Oliver is working on a refurbishment project for a Grade 1 listed building at Queen's College, as well as a new complex for Rounds Church Street on Trinity College, comprising a 110-cover high-end restaurant on the ground floor with four floors of student accommodation above. Welcome to the show, Oliver. Thank you for having me. Very welcome. Now, I mentioned in the introduction there that BB&C Architects are based in Cambridge. So I went to bbcarchitects.co.uk to find out a little bit more about your practice. And I'm a keen cyclist. And one of the first things that stood out to me was the fact that your company had done the Love to Ride Greater Cambridge Cycle September 2019, in which the team cycled the equivalent of 2,035 miles or the equivalent of cycling to Cyprus. Tell me you took part in that exciting ride. I did, I did. And and while while I can't sort of confidently say I contributed a massive amount of mileage, I did contribute a considerable amount of bonus points because I'm I'm what's referred to as an infrequent cycler. So oh. uh, yes, I I usually bus into work, but I have a bike that I use at work just to going to and fro from site. And when when we did that project, I think I had a particular site visit that was um 12 miles away, but I, I had to put down 14 miles because I, I got lost on the way. So, <laughs> oh, well done. It's a sterling effort on behalf of the company. Yeah. And of course, yeah. you're not working in your offices right now. You're working from home. And I know you have a, a one-year-old. How are you finding that? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's good. I remember having a conversation with my director before we had to leave. Um, saying, oh, I'd be, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to working out. Oh, I'll have some chance to you know, get everything all finished and it'd be nice to spend more time with the family. But I mean, having, having spent what's, you know, getting into the fifth week now, I can say that I'm actually looking forward to being back in the office. Not, not because I don't want to spend time with my, my son or my wife, but because it is much more difficult to get stuff done than what I thought, particularly when you've got a one-year-old sort of tugging at your trousers because as I'm sure you're you're aware they they tend not to be able to entertain themselves by themselves for, for very long. No, well, but, mine are a lot older now but I remember the days when they were would open up the kitchen cupboards and clang the uh, saucepan lids all over the place and it's like put them back I had to put locks on all the cupboard doors in the kitchen. No exactly and he, ha- he has recently worked it out to open the biscuit cupboard which is not yeah not going down particularly well. We are getting to watch a lot of the Wiggles and the Teletubbies. Um, uh, I bet you is, find yourself singing them, singing those tunes when you're doing your work. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> oh, I know. I, t- I can remember it well. But you talked about wanting to get back to, to, to work for you know the right reasons. I was looking as well at your premises in Cambridge. It looks like a beautiful, well, old storage space, uh, but a lovely old building alongside the river. Is it a nice place to work? It's, yes, it's, it's a lovely, lovely place. Fantastic location overhanging the river. And we, you know, we often get consultants that, that come to Cambridge. They sort of, you know, go punting or whatever. And they sort of phone up and say, oh, I was in Cambridge and I, I you know, I went punting. And I think I may have gone by your office. And I was like, well, yeah, if, if, you, if you saw a big blue flag um, and you was in Cambridge, then yeah, that'll be our office. Is it a quiet space to work in? By the river? Well, you would think so, wouldn't you? So in the winter, it's 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 lovely, lovely and quiet. Um, I mean, we we work on the the top floor, so it was originally a two story building, and um, the previous partners added a, a top floor to it, which is sort of all glazed, lovely place to work, lots of natural light. But um, we are right on the river, so we do have the sort of punters going by on a regular basis in the summer. So um, and they, 
is sort of rather, rather noisy with the old person sort of jumping in and what have you. And we do, <laughs> we do get to hear the same part of the tour over and over again, which is sort of something on the lines of Tolkien's regular drinking spot is the pickerel, which is sort of just opposite. Well, I'll tell you what, we haven't met in person yet because of lockdown, but when lockdown is over, I'd love to come up to Cambridge and see you and uh, treat you to a pint if that's all right. No, no, definitely. It sounds great. And hopefully uh, the person who introduced us might be able to join us for that drink. That would be uh, Daniel Nevitt at Armaco. They're the plaster system who uh, awarded plaster system, I should say. They're uh, Quiet Mark awarded and they're featured on our Acoustics Academy. And uh, I was talking to Daniel about our podcast. And he was saying, oh, you really need to speak to Oliver at BB&C Architects. He mentioned that he'd worked with you on a project which was fascinating acoustically. And because this is the Quiet Mark podcast, I would love to find out more about the project that you worked on together and find out what sort of solutions you brought to the project. So before you describe it, maybe you could tell people as well where they could maybe look at pictures of the project we're about to discuss on your website. Yeah, no, of course. So, I mean, this was a, a domestic project. So it's in the domestic section of current projects on our website. And I think it's called the the Modern House. So it's the most recent project we finished, um, sort of lovely white Art Deco-y sort of style, turn of century house. I've clicked through as we're speaking and looking at it. It looks like a, a really beautiful space. So with somewhere like that, where does the mention of acoustics come up in the conversation. I'm sure clients are quite good at describing what they want things to look like, but do they come to the table saying what they want a place to sound or feel like? No, I, I think that's, that's a very valid point. I think um, I mean, usually, you know, clients, are, they're very good at, at saying sort of what, what they want spaces to look like. I mean, we all, you know, we all sort of heard of places like Pinterest and it's it's not all too common for, you know, for people to come to you with a sort of Pinterest board of various different things they they like and they want to see and they want to, you, know, you want to have in their house but I, I don't think you know there's always a lot of thought put into how how spaces might sound you know I mean one of the big sort of things there is you see all these sort of images of lots of places with lots of hard surfaces um which is you know in certain spaces is great but um in a sort of you know nice sort of snug type area it's probably not the best way to go forwards however um I mean as we're going to lead on to there are sort of various products or methods that can be used to, mm-hmm. to retain that aesthetic but deliver the sort of desired acoustics that are required really to make a space sort of enjoyable to, to, to be in. Um, so how did so Armacoat I mean, come to the table in this particular project then? On, on this particular product we I think the client sort of came one of his requests uh, was that he he wanted to to get a nice sound system to listen to his to his music. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, you know, he was talking about the project. We had lots of hard services, no carpets. You know, these all sort of start to to trigger sort of certain alarm bells. Um, <laughs> um, and then I think at one point he sort of showed a particularly nice sound system. He was like, right, we I think we need, really need to consider this. So we sort of persuaded them to engage in the services of a an acoustician, an acoustic consultant. Just for starters, just as an initial, let's get someone in, let's get them to assess the design and see you know, what, what things we might want to consider or change or do mm-hmm. um, to make spaces nicer. So, yeah, we managed to persuade that. We had a, a nice session um, and various different things were, were picked up on this on this project. So, I mean, you, you probably can't get this sort of totally from the pictures, but it's the, it's a series of very large open plan spaces. They're all sort of quite good sizes. There was one, one particular room which had a a curved window so that was the original sort of space um, okay. and there's a decision pointed out that curve is probably one of the worst sort of surfaces to sort of 
bounce your music towards um, because, you know, sort of reverberate around. So, mm. you know, we looked at solutions for that area of using sort of curtains and various sort of absorption materials, things like that. In the sort of larger spaces, we sort of looked at trying to sort of break the spaces up a little bit more and use probably some sort of denser plasterboard materials. But I think the one product that really sort of stood out was this acoustic plaster system. So we we wanted to to keep this sort of clean, clear, sort of minimalist aesthetic, which yeah. is with certain materials is quite difficult to do. So so one way of addressing acoustic sound might be to, to use a perforated plasterboard system, but that doesn't quite give the the same aesthetic. So um, this is where we sort of thought, well, maybe we could look at this acoustic plaster system so we didn't we didn't want to see the whole house in it because it's quite an, an expensive product although you know it does a fantastic job it, you wouldn't want to use it on every surface so we we looked at what might be the best space where it would be most effective so we decided on there's an area that was entitled the snug and um, which is an area to the side of the house right. um which i think is the room you can see in the images with the pool table in all right okay uh, and we, we decided to apply that to the ceiling in there. And it, it's sort of amazing. It's hard to describe where when, when they were installing it on site, you, you'd sort of be in the main sort of buildings, sort of looking at things. Um, yeah. But then as soon as you walked into this sort of space that was just off in the main house, you could instantly have a, a different feeling. Um, oh. You know, it was much, much, much quieter. It's, it's something that's it's very hard to, to describe. And it's certainly something that doesn't, come across in, a, in an image um, you know it's something that has to be to be experienced you know so it's from that point we sort of think oh yeah hang on maybe, maybe we're on something here you know and, and even when the building was finished it's a lovely space and it is it's I'm gorgeous. sure the client would have himself it is their their favorite space um, in the whole building and I'm sure that the you know the acoustic um, ceiling um, has contributed towards that um, that opinion of theirs. Interestingly, so, what was sort of provided as a solution in some respects to make a stereo sound as good as possible ended up becoming having an effect on the space that made it just feel right and gave a great feeling. That's really interesting. Thank you for taking us through that. Is there another project? Are you working on anything currently where acoustics is at the fore? At the moment, I think one of the other projects mentioned sort of in my bio was the Trinity College project on Round Church Street. So that's that's on site at the at the moment, and that is a has a restaurant on the ground floor with three four floors of uh, student accommodation above it, and that is a predominantly a CLT construction. So what that is that's cross laminated timber, so solid chunks of timber for the walls. Now, timber has a has great sort of thermal qualities. Um, and sustainable ecological qualities as well. The only problem is it is really not very good at acoustics, very, very poor acoustic quality. So that's where um, we need to start look at applying various different systems to it methods to help uh, make sure that the spaces you know, meet the required um, acoustic requirements. Yeah, um, you a, know, when a 110 cover restaurant is going to make a racket for those poor students living upstairs, isn't it? No, exactly. So, I mean, one of the, one of the methods sort of taken there was We've got a, a very, very solid, uh, thick, sorry, concrete slab um, mm-hmm. at first floor level. So, I mean, that, that, that does various structural things, but it, it also provides a lot of mass. And the mass is, is very good um, for sort of preventing that sound transfer up from the restaurant um, into the student accommodation. And it's just one thing. And then between the student accommodation 
Uh, we've got CLT slabs as the main structure, but then we've got a, a floating floor construction on top of that to make sure we've got some a resilient layer to help prevent the impact noises that might travel between flats. And then in the in the other direction, in the walls, they're lined with sort of a dense acoustic plasterboard with some acoustic insulation behind. So it's all about helping to, to stop that reverberation, that impact noise sort of traveling through. Because the last thing you want to hear when you try to sleep is someone else in the flat next door or the restaurant going on, on below. But I mean, it, it's much wider than that. I mean, on that particular project, there's a, an acoustic condition. So not only do we have to think about, you know, what it's like for the people in this building, um, we've also had to think about well, what noise does our building create and how will that affect the, the current environment around it? So mm. we've had to make sure that the window systems achieve certain ratings to prevent, you know, sounds sort of emanating outside the building. It's an interesting project and it will look fantastic once it's, once it's finished. Hopefully the client will be happy with it. So Oliver, I read in the introduction that you'd completed two boathouse projects for both Gonville and Keys and Christchurch Colleges. What can you tell us about working on such projects as boathouses? Well, at BBC, I've been lucky enough to work on, on two boathouses for, for two colleges, so Gonville and Keys and Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people might not know this, but sort of boating has a, an interesting sort of history. Onto, and there's a, a lot of boathouses that have undergone developments in recent years, and that's because of how how the sport has has developed so you know going way 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 back in the day it would have only would have been a sport for for men so they would have just had a male changing room place to store boats and they would have just gone on the river and rowed. then sort of moving on women were introduced to the sport which meant that they needed separate changing areas a lot of the boathouses sort of cope with this and managed to expand slightly or work with the space they had and rejig it but you know obviously compromise that that sort of space and then sort of moving further along in, in sort of recent years, land training has become much more um, prevalent and important to how they, they train, which means they've had to have another space uh, in order to, to house that activity. So a lot of the boathouses have managed with that over the years and have probably done small extensions and, and alterations. But um, the sport is, is very, very popular in Cambridge. And then also there's a sort of desire to meet various DDA requirements. So a lot of them are in need of updating. So I did the work time, I was looking enough to work on Christ and Gonville and Keys Boathouse. So in Gonville and Keys Boathouse, we sort of looked at that and uh, we decided it was easier to demolish. So we demolished the boathouse um, and rebuilt it in a, in a sort of similar, similar aesthetic, but uh, larger to try and help house some of these activities. So at the, we now have, as part of the design, there's a large uh, vaulted gym at the, at the front of the building, which shows a really lovely space, polished concrete floor, you know, absolutely stunning space to be in. But sort of with that, that has its own sort of acoustic things to, to consider. So on this project, again, we had an acoustic consultant um, and we mm-hmm. used a perforated plasterboard acoustic system to help sort of dial down some of the noise. Now, in a, in a space like that, in a gym, we're not going to get rid of, of all the noise because we want the hard surfaces, we want the hard floor because we want it to be easy to clean. But um, we want to try and control control that noise. So um, the, acoustic, the acoustician helped us to sort of agree on a, a sort of an area of acoustic plasterboard that would work for the space and would help control that so yeah and then same system or principle was addressed in the atrium as well but then moving on to the crew rooms a lot of boathouses have crew rooms which are just separate spaces basically 
it's like a social space for teammates to get together and discuss and maybe review stuff and have fun. Um, we wanted that space to be a, a bit warmer and more comfortable. So in there, um, there's a similar similar principle, similar idea, but instead of perforated plasterboard, we had sort of slatted timber panels. So acoustic insulation with slatted timber panels that sit just below, and that allows, gives that effect aesthetic, but allows that sound to sort of go through and get absorbed. It just helps cut out the reverberation and makes it a much more enjoyable space because there's... So one thing to have a space that, that works for sort of one, one conversation, but it's when you've got a group of people in the 30, 40, 50, do you then really have to consider what that space will be like and what things you might have to do to help make that better. So, yeah, I mean, that was, I think that was quite a successful project. Fantastic. And it gives me an opportunity as well. You talked about the sport allowing women into the sport. Well, good friends of mine, Anne-Marie Phelps and Richard Phelps, well, they're, I think they're rowing royalty. She was in the uh, women's eight event of the 1996 Summer Olympics. And her husband, Richard Phelps, was in the, I think, the 92 Olympics. And uh, uh, and they were former Cambridge University students themselves. So I'll tell them I've, that we've been speaking about that. Well, I'll actually send them a copy of the podcast when it's done. They'll enjoy hearing you talk about that great project. Oliver, thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful chatting with you and doing this recording. Like I said, I do hope we get to meet in person at that Tolkien pub. What was it called? Uh, The Pickerel, I think. I heard it secondhand from from the punters, so I I would take no responsibility for it it being historically accurate. Oh, well, any excuse for a drink with you is good enough for me. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you, and uh, thank you again for your time. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into episode 7 of the Quiet Mark podcast. I hope you found it interesting and enjoyable. I certainly enjoyed finding out more about the companies that create acoustic products, not just for soundproofing, but also for sound and acoustic improvement. It's not always about blocking out sound, but it is about creating a space that feels right. And this is really important moving forward. A recent article in Engineering and Technology magazine led with the headline, Has Lockdown Made the World a Quieter Place? And it goes on to say that with levels of road transport, air travel and industrial output lessening dramatically during the COVID-19 lockdown, one side effect has been a reduction in noise pollution. However, there's more to global quietening than being able to hear more birds. It goes on to say that according to the World Health Organization, noise affects over 100 million people in Europe alone. Exposure to chronic noise pollution not only causes obvious problems such as hearing loss and sleep deprivation, but it's also linked to high blood pressure, heart disease and cognitive impairment in children. Road traffic noise alone is said to contribute to at least 12,000 premature deaths annually in Europe, amounting to a loss of 1.6 million high-quality life days. The European Environment Agency, EEA, has found that the same number of children are experiencing either learning difficulties or disruptions due to excessive aircraft noise. So this is part of the reason why Quiet Mark was established and why we recently set up the Acoustics Academy. Yes, the world has become quieter during lockdown, and yes, of course, it is a frightening and scary time. But focusing on that quieter world for a moment, we need to ask ourselves how can we improve our buildings and spaces to improve our well-being in the ways that we've heard about and discussed with our guests on the Quiet Mark podcast to date. 
If you're tuning into the Quiet Mob podcast for the first time, welcome to the show. I really hope you've enjoyed it and I encourage you to listen to former episodes. And if you're someone who's listening and you happen to work with a company that creates acoustic products and you're wondering whether or not they might qualify for Quiet Mark certification, do feel free to contact us via our website or email at emailus at quietmark.com. Thanks again for listening to the show. I hope you can join us for future episodes. For now, stay safe, keep well, and I look forward to you joining us again for the next episode. Bye-bye.